You are listening to the Tuesday Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators alongside Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs on the heels of a sweep of the President's Trophy winning Florida Panthers. Mikey's got an unreal stat about how the President's Trophy may as well be a curse of its own and we'll get into Andre Vasilevsky's absolute greatness. All that plus the New York Rangers stayed alive and... Where do the Florida Panthers go from here? We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On NHL Podcast, your team every day. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen on this Tuesday, May 24th. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we'd appreciate if you can subscribe. The quickest way to help us grow is to leave a comment. And I want to ask where the hell the Florida Panthers are going from here. I want you to answer that in the comments. I'll ask Mikey later on. But the Panthers are dead, dude. Absolutely road stomped by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Dead. They are... D E D dead. You are dead. Dead, dead, dead. What what do they do, man? Like they come into this series. Offensive power play is what led them here. They were one of the highest scoring teams in the salary cap era, if not the highest. And they score three goals in four games. Three goals. This team scored three goals. One of the wild stats that I saw flowed out there tonight is that the the Florida Panthers, or as I want to start calling them now, as the Fraudula Panthers. Yep. They had only, they've been shut out zero times this season. Zero times. They scored a goal in every single game, regular season, playoffs. They at least got one behind the goaltender. This was the first time all season long that a team was able to blank the Panthers. And it just so happened to be uh, a, a, a sweep, a, a series clinching game, which Let's face it, we knew it was going to happen, right? We, we know the stats. We know the facts when it comes to Andre Vasilevsky in serious clinching games. It, 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 this is just going to happen. This is just going to happen. I mean, we could pull this up and bring this up right now. There is an insane stat pack for Andre Vasilevsky in his last seven serious clinching games, dating back to uh, the first time that they won on their first run. So they lose out in the four game. They get swept by Columbus. They haven't lost a series since being swept by Columbus. And in the seven series clinching games there, a 7-0 record, a 995 save percentage from Andre Vasilevsky, a .14 goals against <laughs> with six shutouts out of seven games, Ross. Six shutouts. And it's, he's allowed one goal. One goal in seven series clinching games happened to be to my Maple Leafs. Just saying, <laughs> yeah, that's the Stanley Cup right there. Who cares about the first round? We didn't get out of the first round, but at least we scored on Vasilevsky in a series clinching game. No one else can say that. No one else. So it ah, might even be one. more rare. This is unbelievable. It's not like he's making 15, 20 save shutouts, 49 stops tonight for Vasilevsky, many of them of the highlight reel variety, but. Mikey, it was the one that came ever so close to even a shot on goal that was probably as close as Florida got. one nothing. time ticking away. A little wobbler goes. I know. He played that so nonchalant. 
I know it was it was it was insane. I mean, right at the end there, there was one also kind of hit the crossbar with about five six minutes left in the game. Like there was a couple of opportunities that that they had. I mean, they threw forty nine shots at the guy. It's not like Florida didn't show up. They certainly did. But Andre Vasilevsky in a, in a, in a series clinching game is unbeatable. You know, literally. I mean, that's he has been ever since he lost out in that that four game sweep. He's been unbeatable in series clinching games. The Leafs found that out the hard way, and the fraudulent Panthers found that out tonight. It was maybe one of the best, like, goal. Where do you put Andre Vasilevsky at this point in time on, like, the Mount Rushmore of goaltenders? I'd probably put him as the fourth guy. And, again, we're probably a little era-adjusted. I don't think you or I are putting Ken Dryden on the list. I think our dads could backhand us if they hear us say that sort of thing. But if we're talking about let's say the modern area era in terms of like butterfly style goaltenders where it's Hasek and Broder and sure Broder more of a hybrid guy Dominic Hasek diving all over the place to me still the greatest goalie of all time but in a sense Andre Vasilevsky has some Dominic Hasek in him this is a guy that makes catches behind his back he yeah. scorpion kicks he does absolutely anything necessary to keep the puck out oh and he's six foot five so not only does he have the athleticism that Dominic Hasek had sprawling all over the place, throwing his stick, using his blocker to, to freeze pucks, but he does it in such a large frame that he is simply unbeatable. And all this talk, and rightfully so, I saw a stat about Connor McDavid, I guess, that he, through 10 games, would have led like six different full playoffs in scoring over yeah. the last couple of decades. We're seeing that same level of greatness in goal with Andre Vasilevsky. He is right there with the best goalies of all time. And when the pressure rises to the most, he gets his best efforts out. It's unbelievable. So much fun to watch. And I know there's some people that cheer for dynasties and some people who want every other team to be miserable until their own team wins. I respect both thought processes. But if you take a step back and just watch what Andre Vasilevsky does, game in and game out. It is. It's truly remarkable. It's special. We should really all take a deep breath and really appreciate what we're watching here. Yeah, it's it's spectacular. And when you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning as a whole and the fact that they're able to sweep the Florida Panthers, the President's Trophy, Florida Panthers, a team who did nothing but score goals in a, in a year where goal scoring is up, the team as a whole, I mean, like, yes, Vasilevsky is the guy, right? He is clearly the best goaltender in the NHL, best goalie on the planet, but, I mean, as a whole, that team only gave up three goals this entire series. Three goals, that's all they gave up against the number one offense in the NHL throughout the regular season. It was it was just a clinic and doing it all without Braden Point at yep. that. He's one of the best two-way guys that they have on their team. It, it, it truly was um, not I, – I expected Tampa to win the series. I thought it'd go six or seven, a four-game sweep and a – pretty easy sweep by all means i mean i never once thought that florida was going to win a game i mean tampa there may have been a couple of close ones but they were always in control i mean it was definitely something that uh, I, I was not anticipating but here's a crazy stab for you when it comes to the president's trophy curse do you believe in the president's trophy curse ross yeah i well, certainly do you certainly do and and here's some facts to back it up some stats to back it up in 2019, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the President's Trophy. Remember that year? They were just, they had like 126, but they were just 
Yeah, it was Kucherov and the team were going back and forth for who had the most points. Yeah, I think they tied at 126. And then, like, yeah, exactly. And ended up, uh, like, tying the Red Wings for most all time or something like that. They got swept. They lost four straight games in the first round, swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. The following year, the Boston Bruins win themselves a President's Trophy. They won game one, but then lost the next four games to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the second round. The Colorado Avalanche won it in last season. They won games one and two in the second round against the Vegas Golden Knights and then lost four straight. And this year, the Florida Panthers losing four straight swept. The last four President's Trophy winners have all lost four straight games en route to playoff elimination. Wow. Insane. Insane. And now since since that upset in 2019, now – the Lightning have beaten Sergei Bobrovsky in back-to-back years. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Lightning have gone out there. The Lightning haven't lost a series since that <laughs> The one year that they don't win the President's Trophy is the year that uh, – or the year that they win the President's Trophy is year they don't get it done. So they say, you know what, let's just hold off. We'll kind of, you know, kind of walk into the playoffs and then we'll sprint at the – kind of like Rich Strike. You know what I mean? Rich <laughs> Strike, I don't know if you watched the, the the race a couple of weeks ago. It was unbelievable. But oh, yeah. It, it wasn't until the playoffs or it wasn't until the final leg where that guy just decided, boom, I'm taking off and I'm going to win myself the Kentucky Derby. And that's exactly what it seems like the Lightning are doing. They're like, hey, you guys can hold pole position for a while. But on the final leg, once the playoffs roll around, boom, we're off. We're going to take this bad boy. And that's what they've done. Two years in a row, and they're four, no, eight more wins away from making it a third straight year. Holy, that's insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. And I think you have the edge right now from our goalie draft a few weeks ago. I still stand with Igor. We'll get to the Rangers series a little later because he stole that game for them yesterday. I think he had 40-some saves. As a goalie-friendly show unlocked on Senators, I need Shosturkin versus Vasilevsky in the Eastern Conference Final. I need it. And I need to smash the under at bet online when that does happen as well. But to me, the most fascinating part of this series is the fact that the red hot Florida Panthers, not only their offense, but their power play, they didn't even score a power play goal in their series win against Washington. One of only three teams in the last decade to do that. And then tonight they had, or last night they had a power play with a minute and a half left in the game. They had the goalie pulled six on four. And they barely get a chance. So I had a question. Like, I was surprised. They didn't pull the goalie until. Yeah, 130, 135. Yeah. They got the penalty with 230 left in the game. Why wouldn't you just pull the goalie then go six on four? Like, right away. I mean, you got to get it done. And Andrew Brunette's been extremely aggressive all year long. I mean, look back to when he did it. Last time against the Washington Capitals, how it worked out for them. They should have been down 3-1, but instead it worked out. They ended up scoring. They went 2-2, and then they went on to win the series, obviously. But tonight it seemed like he didn't get aggressive. And at the end of the day, I mean, you can't change your game plan. And that's what the Tampa Bay Lightning kind of make you do, especially as a coach. They make you change your game plan. They make you switch things up. They make you second-guess yourself. And if you second-guess yourself against the Tampa Bay Lightning, curtains, man curtains and to me that's kind of what happened late in that game I, I can't think of a good reason why I know what they say if you're only down by goal typically a minute and a half but I mean this is the playoffs it's the Tampa Bay Lightning 
it's six on four. Like, you have a power play. If it was regulation, sure. But you have a power play. Go six on four and give yourself the best opportunity. You get those full two minutes, and then by the time it's over, whatever, you've got 30 seconds at six on five. It didn't make much sense to me why they waited an entire minute before pulling uh, pulling Bobrovsky there. To me, that was a bit of a misstep. Yeah, it didn't make any any sense at all. Um, I don't know what they they were thinking. I think Andrew Burnett didn't realize how often the camera was on him. He looked like a deer in the headlights every time. And maybe you're at the same time kind of in awe at what's going on at the other end because each game, different guys stepped up. Nick Paul led this Lightning team in ice time in three of the four games. Tonight it was Nikita Kucherov. This is among forwards only because you know Hedman's playing 27, 28 minutes every night, but it was different guys. It was Ross Colton scoring the game winner with three seconds left earlier in the series off a great feed from Nikita Kucherov. But this is a team like in the Leaf series, I noticed Cal Foot step up as a guy who looked really comfortable. And then I look and he's playing eight minutes a game in this Florida series because they're just alternating one game. It's Jan Ruta stepping up, Sergachev will step up, but Gosian's even played some big minutes. Like they are getting contributions. Corey Perry scores another huge goal the other night. Like yeah. they're getting contributions from absolutely everyone. They're peaking at the right time. And I would not want to play the Tampa Bay Lightning if I'm any team, let alone whether it's the New York Rangers coming back or the Carolina Hurricanes here in the conference final. Yeah, that's why they're the back-to-back champions, man. Back-to-back champs, dude. And, I mean, you got to love it. You got to love the, the the way that that team's going out there, the way that they're built. It's it's better than anything I think we've seen in the salary cap era. It's almost unfair how, how well this team is built. Um, speaking of built, why don't we oh. talk about uh, one of today's show sponsors? That's Built Bar. Ross, I love brownies. I, I do. But you know what I love more than brownies? The batter, dude. Brownie Ooh. batter. I, dude, sometimes, I swear, I eat half the batter just when I'm sitting there making the brownies. Like, imagine if you could just sit there, lick the brownie spatula clean, and get some protein out of it. Guess what, pal? You're Sign me up. You're in luck, dude. The Built has a new creation, and this is one better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. The, this puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now on Built.com. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? I'm not sure what you are waiting for. These puffs are covered in 100% chocolate. They're marshmallowy protein bars. That's right, marshmallowy protein bars covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, all Built Puffs are covered in chocolate. That means that... The built that you can eat, they're healthy, and you actually can enjoy them. And they're made with collagen protein, uh, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting they're eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. It's real life. Go to built.com to get the brownie batter puffs now. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. You are listening to the Locked On NHL podcast, the Eastern Conference edition. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find my work at Locked On Senators on Twitter at Ross Levitan. The show is at Send Central. You can follow Locked On Leafs and at Mikey underscore Canuck for Mikey and his great work. All right, so we're into it. We already talked about a sweep for the Tampa Bay Lightning over the Florida Panthers. They will await the winner between the Carolina Hurricanes, and New York Rangers. But before we get to that, we have to talk about the Florida Panthers' future because they were all in. And you want to see teams that risk be rewarded. 
so that at trade deadline in years to come, Mikey, we don't have situations where guys are gun-shy giving up so much. The Florida Panthers don't have a first-round pick until 2025. They gave up prospects to get Claude Giroux. And you know what they're left with? They got what? Five extra home games worth of revenue? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that would mean they got five extra games. That's essentially what that means. Um, Although, did they really get five extra games? I mean, they probably could have also got those without having to make those deals. Yeah. yeah. If you're on it, like if, if you're completely honest, I mean, would they have needed Sherratt and Giroux to win that first round? I don't know. They were already leading the East when they made those deals. So who knows? Who knows if they would have even needed those to get that. But at the end of the day, I think we all applauded them for, you know, going for it and trying to to make some big time moves. But at the end of the day, it didn't work. Some Only one team can be the champ at the end of the day, and it's clearly not going to be the Florida Panthers. But, man, like, if you look at their cap friendly, I'm curious what is going to happen with this team going forward. Because, um, like you said, no picks, but also there's some contracts that are going to need to be dealt with at some point here. Are they going to be able to – are they going to be as good next year, do you think, uh, Ross? Well, they have eight unrestricted free agents – and they have enough cap hit that couldn't even fill what Claude Giroux made with half his salary retained on Philadelphia this year. They are currently sitting with $3.9 million in cap space. Giroux himself was at $4.1 with, with Florida. So you got to expect that he's gone. How about Mason Marchman? A fantastic story at 800000 has been pumping out points over the last couple seasons. He's due for a raise. You've got... I mean, some guys you don't have to worry about, like Joe Thornton, who in all likelihood sailed off into the sunset with six minutes of ice time in what was his only game this postseason. But Ben Chirot, another unrestricted free agent. So they're going to have to move some pieces. Now, where it does help them out is they have a few guys coming. Like, I think Matt Kierstad can play a regular top six on the back end role. Maybe you get a guy like Denisenko ready, but... All in all, like it's a thinner and thinner prospect pool. Like, wouldn't you like Owen Tippett to fit in there? But Anton Lundell struggled in the playoffs. You know, he's going to be a big part of the future going forward. But man, for me, it's in the crease. And yes, Sergey Bobrovsky looked great, but $10 million for the next four seasons. And when you have Spencer Knight sitting there just wasting away his entry level contract, knowing what kind of potential he is. This is going to be an interesting offseason for Bill Zito. I I hate that it had to happen like this because, again, like we said, you want to see these teams that risk it at least get rewarded to the point where they feel like it's worth what they gave up because it gives us something to talk about around trade deadline time. And he certainly wasn't afraid to put his chips in the middle, but dealer won this one. Yeah, they they certainly did. I'm also looking. They have the most egregious buyout uh, that they're getting stuff with next year. Keith Yandel's bio, it's going to cost them $5.3 million against the cap. Yeah. $6.5 million in dead cap money through Keith Yandel and Scott Darling bios. That $6.5 million could be used so much better. <laughs> like, I mean, they could, they could probably get Ben Sherratt back under contract for that price. You could probably make a deal and, and bring back Claude Giroux. For about six and a half, Noel Chari needs a new deal. I mean, Mason Marchment is going to be a UFA. He had a spectacular year. He's not going to be playing for eight hundred grand next year. 
So there's a couple of players there who are making their way off of this team um, where you look and you say, man, that money could have definitely been used a lot better. Whether it is, again, the, the $6.5 million in the dead cap or parts of that $10 million that's going towards Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to have an interesting offseason to see what they could do. The good thing is, like, the spine of this team is returning, right? Like, Reinhardt's under contract. Barkov, actually, his new contract kicks in next season. Huberto's going into a contract year. You've got Hornfist, who's under, you know, contract next year. Bennett, Duclair, Verhaggy's contract uh, gets gets extended. How about, how about Duclair signing a three-by-three and then being a healthy scratch multiple times this postseason? Yeah, I'd, I'd wonder if, like, that's one of the guys, if you're somebody who is looking to, like, if you're the, the Panthers and you're looking to create salary cap, that's a guy you got to try and move. They Even just signed to- him. He well, scored 30 goals this year. Ah, uh, but I know, but uh, and you it, can say his line mates help, but he had I think 20 in Ottawa before he got dealt. Like he he's a good good player. Like maybe it didn't work player. out. He only had only had one goal this postseason, but yeah. I mean Lundell only had one goal and no assists. So it was just a weird weird one for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, it was absolutely. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that squad. Uh, it's going to be an interesting off season for them, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we certainly will. I'm really excited to find out. Also excited to get your opinion on the New York Rangers and Carolina Hurricanes, who are getting set for Game Four tonight. All right, Mikey. It's the Locked On NHL Podcast, Eastern Conference Edition. You can follow us on social media, Locked On NHL. We're free and available on all platforms. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day or watch. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe there. And the best way to help the show grow is to let us know in the comments what you think of the show and what the hell are the Florida Panthers going to do. But I also want to know what the hell my New York Rangers are going to do. We've been on this all year long. I got my blue, red, and white pom-poms. And no, not Montreal Canadiens colors, New York Rangers, Madison Square Garden, absolute electric factory on game three. Sir, um, Igor Shosturkin looked unbeatable, but that's the way the Carolina Hurricanes look at home. They're 6-0 and there. How are you handicapping not only tomorrow's game four, but the rest of this series? Uh, we were both on the New York Rangers bandwagon here, I would say, and, and I thought they came out and they finally played a, a solid game in game three. And, and at home, it kind of re-energized and rejuvenated this squad. And Igor looked fantastic in that game as well, made some big-time stops. I'll be honest, like, I've been so impressed with what we've seen out of Auntie Ranta. Like, I thought this guy, you know, I, I had them losing to Boston because I wasn't sure the goaltending was going to hold up. And here he is, you know, playing some pretty solid hockey through, what are we, through uh, a, a round plus three games. I think he's played 10, right? Because so through 10 yeah. games, he missed a couple with injury, I guess. But he's played well, and he's giving the Carolina Hurricanes every opportunity to keep it rolling. I did see that Fred Anderson is now traveling with the team, Whoa. which is fascinating to see. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't put him in. I, no? Why not? No, because I like the way Ranta's playing. 939 save percentage. He's allowed yeah. 15 goals on 246 shots. He's got a shutout mixed in there, goals against under two. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I know you know firsthand, Freddie Laleem, not, uh, not ideal come game sevens or important situations. Yeah from time to time in the past. So I think that with Freddie Anderson, yeah, it's a great bullet to have in the chamber, 
But why use it unless you have to? You said Freddie Laleem for a second, and I was like, what the hell does Freddie Laleem have to do with anything? Three straight game sevens where he absolutely pooped it. Yeah, so all Fre- Fred Anderson's not too far off from doing that as well, right? So, Well, that's where he gets the nickname. Exactly, exactly. That's why it took me a second to get there. <laughs> I know, because I've said it, it so many times on our show that it just rolls off the tongue. You well, probably to think honest, it's actually Freddie Laleem. Well, to be honest, I wasn't sure if it was just a slip <laughs> of the tongue. You meant to say Freddie Anderson, and then... Well, Freddie and slip. That's what I thought. But anyways, <laughs> um, I... I I think you look at what they did in Pittsburgh and how that kind of backfired on them when Tristan Jari, you know, came into playing game seven and they ended up losing that. But uh, not that I think that was a, that was kind of a different situation. Deming wasn't playing as good as, uh, as we're seeing out of, out of Antiranta, but ultimately either. Yeah. Ultimately though, like I think that, I think the Rangers still have a chance to come out and win. I mean, they win this game tomorrow. They've got all the momentum going back into Carolina. Now, Carolina hasn't lost a game at home yet because they alternated games against the Boston Bruins, and they went 2-0 in their first couple of games as well. So it's 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 going to be tough for the New York Rangers considering that they don't have home ice advantage. They do got to take one eventually in Carolina. But, man, I, the way Igor played the other night – the way that it seems like this offense kind of started to wake up in game three, I think that they'll be fine. I'm just kind of perplexed that this team isn't scoring more. Like they have so, so much talent and they're just not scoring. I mean, both ends realistically, like we've seen the unders hit in, in, in these games quite a bit and they both have so much offensive talent. And in a year where offense is, is skyrocketing, we're not quite seeing that in this series to a whole lot, are we? No, not at all. And, you got to give credit where it's due, man. The defensive structure, and not only that, but when called upon, both these goalies have just been unbelievable. And I think that's kind of been the story of the playoffs. Like, everywhere you look, every series, I feel like you're getting a fantastic goaltending performance. Either that or, like, exceptionally bad. But, you know, it's crazy. When I say exceptionally bad, I'm looking at a few games out of Mike Smith, and then you go for the playoffs. He's got a 9.33 save percentage. Like, that's absolutely remarkable. It's actually one of the best in the entire postseason. So there is, there's just been incredible eight goalies, nine goalies have above nine thirty save percentages this postseason. And yeah, a couple of them have only played a little bit like, uh, like your boy, Eric Calgren got half a game in there. Shalgren. Shalgren. Okay. When he plays 11 games, I'll, I'll earn it or two. No, no. In all, in all honesty, like there's a couple of guys here. Um, the other two are DeSmith and Vladder both barely played. So, if we're if we're taking those guys out, I mean, you're still looking at a decent chunk of goalies here who have just been unbelievable. Bennington, Jake Ottinger, we saw what he did. Ranta, Georgiev got into a, a couple of games after uh, Shosturkin got pulled. So, I, I mean, I'm a goalie-friendly guy, but all that to say, this offense that we saw all season long, you knew it would t- tighten up a little bit. Like, it's playoff hockey, you know? Even just the way that coaches are so mistake-adverse. They want to be as safe as possible. Don't give up the odd man rushes the other way. Don't take bad penalties. And what we're also getting out of this is just unbelievable goaltending. So that's kind of what I'm drawing this postseason up to. And I know we have had some high scoring games. Hello, Battle of Alberta game one. But at the same time, like there's been more low scoring, bet the unders rather than anything else this this playoff. And you know what? I'm here for that. I think that the this postseason has been an incredible stage for, oh, yeah. for the NHL especially the first year on TNT and ESPN and the yeah. NBA playoffs have been brutal. 
been blowouts every night. So it's perfect time for the NHL to try to sneak in here. And when it's crunch time in a game, what are you going to go for? If you're a casual fan, the 20 point gap in the NBA game or a tie game or a one goal game here with two minutes left. So hopefully this is the start of something special growing the great game of hockey. I know you and I are up North in Canada where it already is so big, but for it to get to the next level, it has to gain that popularity that baseball, basketball, and football, football's a pipe dream, but basketball, I think is the one that's kind of within reach that you can be like, all right, let's try to take some eyes away from that and put it on this great sport. Yeah. And I think that they're doing a pretty good job. I mean, I, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people who I follow, let's say on Twitter or Instagram, that typically, you know, in the past few years, don't tweet about hockey, don't really care too much about hockey until maybe the final or something like really big happens. But I'm seeing a lot more like casual fans in hockey. You don't even have to be a diehard, like even a casual fan who wants to watch, you know, a game here, a game there throughout a series. But I'm seeing way more people dialed into the playoffs now that it's, you know, down in the States. It's in your face on TNT. It's on ESPN. I mean, realistically, the NHL is also doing their part by quite literally changing up schedules here to uh, to make sure that happened. I mean, the Battle of Alberta was – I remember I tweeted it. It was like they were still in the third period, and it was 1130 local time. Not yeah. even here in Ontario local time and it's like midway through the third period i'm like this is insane but why do they do that because they wanted to make sure that the masters were done they want to make sure that the nba playoff game was was over so that they could get as much eyes as possible on this battle of alberta game that they started at 10 30 uh 10 30 eastern which was what an uh that would have eight, been eight nine thirty local eight forty it was eight forty local time yeah nine forty in my neck of the woods Right. Too many time zones in this country. Right. So it was oh, so I meant local time. It was like a 9:30 start. No, it was 8:45 in in Alberta. Cuz that's 10:45 yeah, your time. Correct. Correct. correct that's still correct. late. It's insanely late. Insanely late, which is why like the game didn't end until almost midnight Friday local time. It was insane. Absolutely insane. But again, it was still getting those eyeballs and I think also what we're seeing out of Connor McDavid, what we're seeing out of performances like Andre Vasilevsky, you know, the, these are helping and allowing hockey to be, you know, talked about. It's it's becoming water cooler conversations. Dude, did you see what? Did you see that move that 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 uh, Kucherov made to break Ekblad's ankles the other day? Like, oh, yeah. I had those conversations with people who I don't normally have those discussions with. And we were doing, someone asked me the other day, like, dude, is it true that Connor McDavid has like 18 points in like eight games? I'm like, basically, yeah, it's true. And he's like, wow, that's insane. This guy's not a hockey guy at all, but he's, yeah. he's hearing about it through the grapevine or because he's getting the highlights on ESPN. And now he's like, that's insane. I got to watch the next game. And that's how this is all happening. It's, it's growing organically and it's, it's nice to see. It is. Yeah. I see. I don't know if it'll ever become, the NBA, definitely wow. not the NFL, but they're at least growing, and in, in that was the, the hope and plan, and they're giving them a heck of a product in their year one of the contract with ESPN to, to do their part as well, the NHL is. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving this. Before we go, uh, I know we're the Eastern Conference edition of Locked On NHL, but Mikey, on Locked On Senators, we follow our hashtag Sends Abroad. Mm. Well, there's a Maple Leaf abroad who is certainly – making headlines and we're recording in the middle of the Colorado Avalanche St. Louis Blues game clearly the series with the, the dream 
on Hattrick Watch right now as we're recording at 11.15 Eastern. And he just, obviously, there was that play, and they got into it on Lockdown NHL the last couple of days. We don't have to get into the play with Jordan Bennington, the injury, the water bottle, all that yeah. craziness that was. Somewhat reminds me of the Ottawa-Montreal series from 2013, the bug-eyed walrus, the comments going back and forth, all that fun. Now, with Colorado and St. Louis, clearly Kadri, public enemy number one in St. Louis, it's way too far to the extent of, of threats and all that. But on the ice, Kadri just scored a second goal, and David Perron tried to go Hanson brother, elbow right to the jaw, and Kadri just goes, whoop! Little little head swipe, and then continues his sell. You gotta love that at a old, oh, old I gotta go find league. that. I gotta go find that and watch that bad boy. Your I'm boy, sure your co-host, your co-host David Morisuto, Morris Morrissey, uh, just uh, just posted it, so you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to see it there. But you gotta love these types of storylines in the National Hockey League Stanley Cup playoffs. It is no prisoners out there and uh, you got to know exactly where everyone is on the ice the play's already over but nice dodge for Nazim Khan yeah. there you go Nazim Nazim the dream I mean dude <laughs> the the guy I want nothing more than success for for that guy and it's 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 disgusting what we've heard come uh you know out of the well, I guess Colorado's camp, but we saw Akima Lou kind of come out and shed some light on it. I don't think Kadri has said a whole lot about what has been going on. It's more so been other people speaking for him, but it's it's absolutely repulsive and disgusting, some of the stuff that uh, is allegedly being said towards him for, in what my opinion was an accident on, on Jordan. It's not like the guy completely wanted to run him and injure him. So it's it's really unfortunate. Yeah, certainly is. What would be fortunate is if hockey fans were able to get Tampa versus Colorado in the final. Absolutely. But I don't want to ask the hockey gods for too much. We already asked for the Battle of Alberta. We got it. We asked for the Battle of Florida. We got the beatdown of Florida instead. How would you rate that? How would you rate that before we head out? Give me a rating. Considering, like, we came into it thinking, like, this is going to be an amazing, like, it was unfortunate that Toronto didn't get to pull through, but at least it gave you the Battle of Florida, which was an unreal series last year. But this year, I mean, did Florida have a a lead after they were up one nothing in Game One? Were they up one nothing in Game Two as well? No, they weren't. No, I don't think so. Were they up one nothing in Game Three? No, they had one lead in this series, and it was the first goal. In the series. <laughs> and it was yeah, Anthony Duclair's only goal of the playoffs. There you go. There wow. you go. So yeah. that kind of tells you what kind of dud of a series. I like my series with the side of lead changes, per se. You know, get a little uncertainty in there. But the Tampa Bay Lightning, they don't care, man. They are a fine-tuned machine. They know they have one goal. They've accomplished it before. Think about a guy like Stamkos, though. He missed all but, what, five minutes? No, he took one shift and scored a goal on it in the bubble. Oh, so like, yeah, a 30-second shift. The greatest shift in playoff history. Unbelievable shift. No, but a guy like him, like he probably wants, I mean, obviously this is going to sound stupid, but he wants another one for the reason where it's just like, everyone calls him a two-time champ, but you know he's competitive. He's like, ah, was, was I that much a part of it? Then you have these new guys coming in, the Brandon Hagels, the Nick Pauls, the guys who are hungry for their first, who are pushing yeah. the, these guys. 
continuing. And I think it was Scotty Bowman that said it, or, or maybe it was Glenn say there's some legendary mind where it's like, even if you're winning, change up a few things just to, to keep everybody, you know, on their toes a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Keep them hungry. And, and that's what they are. Like I said, Nick Paul has been the best player at times for that team at certain times. Ross Colton, this guy, he was exposed in the expansion draft. This guy's, yeah. this guy's unbelievable. I know. Fourth Hell round pick. Team. Fourth round pick, Ross Colton. Unreal. Hell of a team. And, like, that's where you kind of have to tip your hat if you're the Florida Panthers, who, by the way, I sold them short. They did score a power play goal tonight. Their only yes, power play did. goal they of did. the postseason. Yeah. But did I not tell you that, like, I, when we started, when we did, I think it was a week ago, actually, last Tuesday's podcast. That was game three. They scored. I was like, no, it was a shutout tonight. But the last goal they yeah, scored. Yeah, they did score one one goal in the entire series. But, um, <laughs> like, I I, I – I, Figured, look, that the comeback cats, they didn't score a single power play goal in the first series, and they didn't they had to come back in three of the four wins that they had to win that. That's not happening against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they proved that that wasn't going to happen. They shut the door and they couldn't recover once they got themselves in a hole and they couldn't generate on the power play. And ultimately, that's what led to them getting swept in four games. Adios. Adios. Fraudula Panthers. Adios. And did we mention they did this without Braden Point? Like a half hour ago, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> it, it deserves to be said twice because that's a guy who, if I'm not mistaken, Long. has led the playoffs in goal scoring in back-to-back years. Yeah, could, yeah, that sounds correct. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds let's, right. let's ride with it. Yeah, certainly close. <laughs> One of the top goal scorers in the last two years, that's for sure, when it comes to playoffs. Oh, c- combined easily. Yeah. Combined easily. If we go into the bubble here, I got this real quick. How, yeah, how many goals do you think he has? This playoffs plus the last two. And how many clear of next do you think he is? Uh, well, okay. He probably had maybe 14 or 15 last year. Maybe he's got 30, yeah, 30, 30. One goals. Oh, I thought you were going to sit on 30. It's 30 on the dot. Oh, I sold him short. 30 goals in no, 53 games. Now, some would say 22 goals in 32 games is even more impressive. Nathan McKinnon with the second most goals over this span. You know what's a little surprising? Third, Andre Palat. He's got 20. He iced this one in the empty netter. He and Kalorn, to me, are like the unsung heroes on the, on this dynasty. I'm already calling them a dynasty. Because they are, you know, they're those mid-round picks. Well, Palau is a seventh rounder. And they just grind it out. They make it such a matchup nightmare. They can all they can all kill penalties. They can all play on the power play. This has been about half an hour talking about how the Tampa Bay Lightning are gonna win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I'm glad I I don't know who's ta- I don't know who's stopping them. I'm glad I have a futures on it. I'll say that much. <laughs> I'm glad I did. I was able to get them, I think at like plus nine hundred or something like that. Whoa. Yeah, it's looking Free pretty money. right now. Looking pretty right now. I mean, Colorado's a pretty solid squad yep. over there. That like we we hockey deserves this. Hockey deserves a Abs Bolts Stanley Cup final, a seven game. Just it would be unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. and we deserve Shosturkin versus Vasilevsky in the conference final. Yeah, absolutely. I need to will that into existence. Yeah, the Russian the Russian duo. 
Oh, all gas in that series. We, uh, we gotta fun. get in, we we gotta get into this. This is probably an off season topic, so I guess we can kind of put it. Yeah, uh, right know, the notepad. Yeah, right in the notepad for a couple. But you know, why is it that Canada just can't get themselves? They just can't produce a goalie, man. I know. Like we thought we had Carter Hart. We thought we had Carter World Hart. Championships, and I'm like, why can't we get a goalie? I mean, you look around the league. You look around the NHL. In all these countries, I mean, even Latvia has been able to come up with a couple of goaltenders that can steal games and win you games. And I'm sitting here with Canada, and it's like we have no offense to to him, but like Matt Tompkins made the World Championship roster, <laughs> and it's because he's one of the better ones available at wow. this point, right? Like, it's, I'm trying to think off to obviously Carey Price, but he's got an asterisk at this part of his Carey career. Price, like Tristan Jari, is probably the the next best at this point, honestly. No. Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper. Yeah, yeah. Kemper's right there. Is but again, like, is, is Kemper in the Vasilevsky territory, the no. Igor territory, the Sorokin territory? And I just mentioned Russians. Just three Russians. It's not even close to those guys. You've got the Danes. You've got Freddie Anderson. They've got those, you know, Freddie. You've got... Mad Sogard, guest locked on Senders Friday. Go give it a listen. There you go. Like, <laughs> you've got... Jake Obviously, Markstrom the Swedes. For Sweden, yeah. Markstrom, right? For years, there was, there was King Henrik, like... You've got UC Soros yeah. for Finland. Like, you've got a bunch of dudes out there. I'm still trying to rack my brain on, like, at least one more good Canadian goalie. And, like, I'm not going to say Mike Smith, but, like, he's the only other guy that comes to mind. Like, if they had to pick, if they had to pick to go to the Olympics, let's say, this summer, right? Yeah. They had to submit it. Boom. Who's making it? Price. Like the World Championships. Like, is price available? Yeah. Price is there for sure. Probably. And then it's like, I probably put Kemper as my number two. And then probably Jari. Yeah. Bennington, Bennington, no, I, option. Yeah. He's too hot and cold. Especially if you're a guy. In, oh, Flurry. He's probably still Flurry. True. He's probably still Flurry. But I see what you're saying. Like these guys are aging out. Like we just yeah. thought when we say price and flurry, that's the 03 and 05 draft. That's what I mean, right? So like you, you look at there's no one who's replenished those guys. I mean, maybe Bennington becomes that that next guy. Maybe Mackenzie Blackwood figures it out in New Jersey. Um Jari, I guess, is another one of those players. Like, where's the French Canadian goaltenders that used to what? always come Louis up? Louis Domingue, come on. Yeah, Louis Domingue. Yeah. <laughs> not the best though. Like he's okay, but he's not the best. You know what no, I mean? Like I know. where's the Patrick Waz of the world? Where's the Ken Dry? You know what I mean? Like yeah. the era of Canadian goaltending has really gone uh gone away. And I don't know why that is. It's all the goalies seem to be developed in in Europe for some reason. We we should get into this as a as an offseason. Yeah, we can for sure. Life. Shout out Cam Talbot though, good goalie from Ontario. We'll we'll give him a little love there. Matt Murray, back-to-back cup champ. I know he's had his struggles recently, but there was a time there where he looked decent. No. <laughs> no. What I go back to for Matt Murray, though, is imagine showing up being nominated for the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year and already having two Stanley Cups under your belt as the starting goalie. And then didn't win it. Yeah, then didn't win it. Yeah. Wild. It's, yeah, this is really depressing. Yeah, there's probably some American listeners right now just like laughing oh, like, at us. America like, like Thatcher Demko, John Gibson, like there's just Ottinger, Jake Ottinger, Spencer like, Knight. Yeah, the list goes on and on. It's insane. In Brutal. Insane. Depressing. Canada, pump out some tendies. We need it. And we're starting to do our deep dive on locked on senders into the top 64 of this year's NHL draft. Zero goalies, let alone Canadians. 
No goalies of note after we had two in the first round last year, including Canadian Sebastian Casa at Edmonton. I got a live viewing him on Friday. He's uh, leaky in the third period, but good overall. Um, good. Conference final. What? Detroit? Detroit, 16. Yeah, big, big 10. He's like 6'7". Over Oliver Wallstadt, who's another yeah, yeah. Swedish, young Swedish phenom. Yeah, he just signed, too, with Minnesota. And Edmonton traded that pick. That made no sense. They traded yeah. it back. No, I agree. Anyways. All right. Any final thoughts? I guess All your right. final thought was Canada sucks at producing goalies. That that was That's kind of the final thought. I didn't think we were going to have the conversation today. We kind of did. We just kind of went down the rabbit hole there. It makes but... me sad, man. It, it, it does. It really does. Because we sit here and we're like, oh, Vasilevsky's so good. Igor, he's so good. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, oh, where's where's the Canadian content? I know. Like, it's just not there. It's not no. there. I know American listeners, you've got, you know, good Thatcher Demko. Too stud. many good ones. He's a stud, right? Uh, Jake Oninger. Well, well even like the established guys, John Gibson and, and Connor Hellebuck. Those are there two guys go. unbelievable. There you go. Exactly. So, but Canada lacking. Canada, step it up. We need some tendies coming out of Canada, but for now we'll sit back and we'll watch the complete greatness of Andre Vasilevsky, of Igor Shosturkin, of Antti Ranta. The goalies in the Eastern Conference have been absolutely phenomenal this postseason. And next Tuesday, we'll be on to the conference final. Fantastic playoffs, but it's going so fast. Slow down time. We'll talk next Tuesday, but your Locked On NHL host will be back tomorrow on this channel, but for more from us, you can follow Locked On Leafs, you can follow Send Central, Locked On Senators. For Mike DiStefano, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Tuesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your team, every day.